I think what the most important part about a church is is the people. Because mm. without mm. people, there is no church. Yeah. yeah. We are the body of Christ. Mm. Yeah. And who cares what the sign out front says? Mm. It's what's inside that matters. Everybody in the Mingo class, welcome to uh, podcast number 12 or 13. I can't remember what number we're on, but whatever number, it's the right number to be. And uh, today we have a special, special treat for everybody out there. We get to interview Skillman's favorite engaged couple. In fact, Skillman's only engaged couple, but we are, even if there was more, you'd be our favorite engaged couple. We have Daniel and Sierra. Welcome to the Mango Podcast. Glad to be here. I know we're a favorite, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are famous. You know, Daniel, you don't know this, but uh, for the first several weeks that you were coming to Skillman, you were referred to as the bow tie guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, man, you got, you got style, man. You got style. Uh, have you always dressed like that, going to church is it with a bow tie? Yeah, you always had to get dressed up for Sunday. That's the requirement, period. Yeah. And uh, the bow tie, do you ever wear just a tie or is it the bow tie? Well, see, I like the bow tie because with a bow tie, I can still eat. Whereas a necktie falls down, gets my plate of food, and then I can't even go to church. And where I grew up, you went to church, and then you went to Sunday afternoon lunch. And yeah, the bow tie works out exactly. as far as the, the lunch after. Exactly, and it's but, way faster to tie. But anyway, you guys are dearly loved, uh, very popular. Uh, people are uh, just, you guys are the talk of Skillman right now, Aww. just how, how special you are. And the good news is, is uh, right now you're engaged, which is, in my opinion, the armpit of the relationship. It's the worst uh, stage because you have wedding planning and all that. And your wedding is on June 6th, 6 6 2019. But we'll get to that a little bit later. But kind of for our, uh, our podcast listeners, our Mingo podcast, could you guys tell us how did you guys meet? Like, what's the story? Because you're from, you went to TCU, you went to Baylor. Like, how, did yeah. you guys meet there? Or what, how, did, how did it happen? So the long and the short of it is we were both single, um, senior in college, junior in college, uh, me and my little brother, we, we oh, love to go dancing. senior in college, too. Okay. You're we were both seniors. Oh, man, I'm going to say young. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But uh, so we, we both wanted to go out dancing, and we didn't know each other, but independently, me and my little brother, we were going dancing uh, at one of the dance halls up here in Dallas. So what, what kind of dancing are you talking about? Is like, this like hip-hop? Texas two-step. Yeah. Texas two-step. Two All right. So, Semi-classy dance. So just so I get my... Uh, my, get the imagery in my head. Like this is kind of like you wear a cowboy hat. You have your, yes. your jeans. You have a big belt buckle, cowboy boots. Yes. And it's kind of like in the center arena. Yes. All right, all right. Yes. Like Texas yes. two step. Yes. Texas yes. Two step. So, so you guys met dancing. All right, yes. all right. So yes. yeah. she, she was the first girl I asked to dance uh, all night long, ten o'clock at night. To ask her to dance, she says yes. We're dancing. Ask her name. Said Sierra. Don't ask me why I remembered it, but I did. Um, and then. I'm like, where do you go to school? And she's like, I go to TCU. And I'm like, okay, you're going to hate where I go to school. And she's like, oh, you go here. No, I don't go to Tech. No, I don't go to North Dallas. No, I don't go to here. I go to Baylor. And just then I spin her. And then, you know, the rest of the night. So all great. Hunky door. You know, have a great night. But she hates me. and But still dances <laughs> with me. Um, you got to realize, and, I despise Baylor. I used to be an event manager oh, at TCU. Oh, 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 and during the football season, oh, I actually oh, planned 
anti-Baylor events where oh he my would goodness. decapitate teddy bear heads. Oh, man, that's serious. It was like, I That is serious. Baylor. It was a big <laughs> deal that he said he was from Baylor, and I continued to dance with him. I don't know why. Yeah. So there's a party that wanted to, to like walk away. Do you do you remember that when he asked you to dance, like that very moment? When yes, you- actually, I do. He was wearing a, like a, almost a neon blue T-shirt. And I remember he was mm. the buffest guy there. The he buffest looked, guy there? My, um, cause I went with a group of girlfriends and my girlfriends all called him like a ham of a man. Whoa, man. Because Will you translate that for me in a man language? What does that mean to be a ham of a man? You're big. <laughs> Christmas it, dinner ham. Is it, is it a good thing though to be a ham oh, of a yes, man? Oh yeah, it was or? good. He was very muscular. Like it's a compliment. It was a compliment. Like, hey, I'm a, you're a ham of a man. They would say thank you. <laughs> They'd say thank you to that. Yes. So, uh, and you said yes when you, and then, mm-hmm. so after you guys danced, how did you guys connect again? Uh, we danced two more times throughout the night, times. and then we swapped numbers. Mm-hmm. We just kind of mm-hmm. went home, and she, I went back to Waco. She went back to Fort Worth, and then I woke up seven o'clock Friday morning with a text from her saying, "Had a great night last night. You know, good to meet you, whatever." And she was like, Are "You still in Fort Dallas?" And I was like, "No, I'm in Waco." And she was like, "Really? I'm almost in Waco right now." And I was like, "Well, you want to meet up, get some cup of coffee?" So we got a cup of coffee, talked a little bit more, actually got to like see what each other looked like. In daylight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then she went down to AM with her sister for the weekend and hung out with her. And then. Whoop. Yeah. Nah. Giga Maggies. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then uh, we agreed to come back up. And uh, on Monday we had another date and we've been going out ever since. Sierra, I'm impressed. So you danced him a couple times. And then that morning you wake up and you send him a text message cold. Mm-hmm. Man, tell us like you're bold. Like, tell how, how'd you? Why did you do that? Was he um, the, was he the one? Did you know he was the one? Oh no, no, I did not know he was the one until that Monday. Um, but it's just I've just always been that person. I yeah. if I mm-hmm. want to text people. I text people. If I don't, then I don't. There's not much context into it. Yeah. Were you were you hoping? To, I mean, were you attracted to him? Were you hoping this would lead to like a dinner date or? I guess I was hoping so, but I wasn't quite sure because he was Baylor. You can't trust Baylor people that much. <laughs> so I kind of went in there just saying, hey, I thought it'd be a good text. Um, I guess part of me was a little preemptive because I knew I was going to be going down there past Waco to go visit my sister in a because it was my fall break. Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> just know every time you say a I'm going to whoop. Just, just you know okay. that. The so. other maroon <laughs> cult of school. <laughs> um, but I just texted him, and I didn't expect him to be in Waco at all. Yeah. Because yeah. he was... It was like two in the morning, and he was in Dallas, and that's an insane drive to make it two in the morning. Yeah, for some strange reason, you were. Wow. So, uh, and then that you said that Monday, you guys, I guess you hung out, and you knew that he was the one. Mm -hmm. What was it about him that that was the uh, the clincher? Actually, it's my favorite part to say um, because he uh, it was a really big date. We spent what like nine hours or something with each other. Wasn't it was like five? We spent five (laughs) hours with each other. He took me to dinner, and we were just getting to know each other officially. And I asked him who his favorite. um, He asked me like you're asking questions, and I asked who's your favorite author. Yeah. And we were talking about that. He said his author, and I said my favorite was C.S. Lewis. And he's like, no way. I actually did a huge report on him, and his presentation was actually like a billboard in Baylor and so we finished up our dinner as soon as we could and he drove me to see his C.S. Lewis presentation over my favorite author oh, my and it was that goodness. moment that I was your knees like, got weak I, I actually almost started crying because I thought it. it was amazing it was amazingly articulate really well done and I was like he 
And we were talking about World War II and the Great War and everything. And I asked, so what's your favorite war? Because her dad in the military. She goes, World War One, because it was the turn of technology and all these weapons and blah, blah, blah. And she starts going off really in depth about details about the war, about the weapons, about the technology. Uh, not so much tactics, but beside the point. But all these techno- technological changes that happened. And I was like, it just struck me. It was, it was this holy cow moment of, oh, wow. This, I this get <laughs> so weak in the knees. I can hardly I speak. I'm he did. losing he control. He stopped in his tracks as soon as I was giving my answer. And I looked at him like, <laughs> what? It's not the best war. Man, what a story! I mean, this is uh, love at first sight on the on the campus of Baylor University (laughs) in Waco, Texas. Um, um, And and you guys, I guess you got engaged in June six, and and I guess both moved to Dallas after you you graduated from your schools. And uh, did you both come from the same kind of faith background? I mean, did you kind of grow up the same way as far as going to church or your views of God? I believe our views of God and us making it a habitual ritual to go to church was the same. Mm. Um, I think our theologies and our personal relationship with God was different. Mm. But we were coming to a point in our faith where when we met each other, we were both actively seeking to deepen our relationship with God and seeking him to be the very first thing in our lives. Nice. Yeah. And so I yeah. think that's what really made us stick together was that he was actively seeking to put God first. And I was actively seeking to put, mm. making sure that God was first in my life. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. What church, what church did you, did you go to growing up? Um, so I'm military. I went to like every and any kind of church. Oh yeah. <laughs> You've seen them all. I've seen them all. Well, we went, we went to, um, cause I've moved, I think at least 16 times in my life. 16 times. One, six. Holy one smokes. six, one six, mm. and we went to any kind of church that was available near us. So we were mainly Baptist, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I've been to Protestant, Lutheran, Agape, uh, mm. Contemporary, a couple Catholic churches, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, it's a weird way, <laughs> but um, we just whatever was near us, and as long as they kind of believed in our core faith of. Jesus, the Lord and yeah, Savior. Yeah. Get baptized and we went to that church. Oh, fantastic. And Daniel, what about you? Did you, what kind of churches did you grow up um, oh, going to? I grew up everything. Everything except, too. Except for Catholic. Um, Man, you, both of you guys started going to all these churches. You yeah. see, mine were, my reasonings were different. It was my parents were all about theology. Mm. Don't ask me about the Westminster Shorter Catholicism. I hate it. Oh shoot! That's a mouthful. So, so we that's a mouthful. Churches. I'm getting weak in the knees now, man. We did. Yeah. We, we did not attend a church for more than two weeks if we didn't like its theology. What? But you can't really know a church until you've been going there for a while. And so, my parents started a Presbyterian church that we went to until I was eight. So we mm-hmm. went to a Mennonite church till I was ten. We left there completely yeah. out of the blue. My best friend's name was Jonathan. I saw him one Sunday. The next Sunday, I was going to a completely different church with oh, ten times the number of people at it. That was a Baptist church. Yeah. And we went from singing a cappella to singing with a full choir and a oh, full orchestra. my goodness. And then wow. we went there for two and a half, three, four years, and my best friend's name was William. 
Yeah. And then one Sunday we're going to another church, and oh, my best like friend's name became John. This and is like that, spiritual that was, trauma, man. That was yeah. my, my, my church journey was that we kept changing every every so often. Yeah. No yeah. warning, no explanation other than we don't agree with them about this. Wow. So this, were, this was your parents' decision. Oh, yeah. And so you, of course, were subject to their decisions. Yep. How did that affect you as a kid, man? I believed in God, was a Christian, always was raised within the faith, but I didn't have a deep relationship with God. My relationship with God didn't take off till college when mm. it would become my own relationship. Mm. And then when we met, like she said, we were both in a place where we were seeking God. Yeah. yeah. And mm. we, we met at that point in our lives where we both were at that point where we just, it was, we go towards God or we don't go towards God. And we both had turned towards God. And mm. we've been going to God toward, together now. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. I mean, and part of it, we're honored that part of the, your faith story has, has to do with Skillman. I mean, we're happy that you guys started coming and, and Mr. Bowtie guy and, and, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, tell us kind of, uh, what was it when you walked in that stood out to you and, um, why did you guys stick around? Um, it was actually what really draws back was the friendliness. I mean, yeah. the very first time we walked in, like six different people had come up to us and they were asked, like talking to us about skill men and just asking who we are. And yes. cause we have been church hunting for a year. So, wait, a full year, you can go to all these churches. Different churches. Maybe we'll go to like a couple weeks just to get the church a little bit better. Yeah. And maybe changing. And then we went to First Baptist Garland for I think a month or two. Mm-hmm. And we changed very quickly after that. Yeah. But um, that first week, we had like six different people actually come up to us and make a conversation. Wow. Not just, hi, how are you? Sign up with our church. It was saw just you. a yeah. conversation. Mm-hmm. We really loved how friendly and open the people were. And then um, we went to the Mangos class because y'all had just started that up. And yeah, it was like well, yeah. the second or third week. Yeah, second. It was the second week mm-hmm. we came in and we loved the new perspective. Like, we love being it. able to have different debates, being able to see different perspectives mm. and reflections of who God is. Because yeah. we're trying to figure out who he is on a deeper level. And yeah, yeah. all these debates, all these people with opinions and different sides of their faith are really fantastic to be able to see the different perspectives and sides of God himself. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. Well, so, man. I wanted to stay here. Well, yeah, I mean, Daniel, what about you, man? What, what was your perspective? Well, like she said, our first Sunday, six different people came up and talked to us, at least. But what's funny, though, is it wasn't even the, a great sermon. It was mm-hmm. a very short sermon because it was a whole bunch of changes were going on in the church, and your mm-hmm. sermon didn't last five minutes. Oh, it was this. It was the Job. The Job sermon. It was the fast one. The yeah. The music in the, the music background. Music. Yeah, that was weird. And yeah, we're just weird. like, what is this guy <laughs> yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. Who is this guy? Who's this joker? Exactly. But then we, we came back uh, next week or something, and it was completely different and wonderful, and it was the same friendliness that we experienced yes. the first time. Just people actually cared that... Oh wait, you were here last week, right? Yeah, good yeah, to see. You. We're yeah. here. we're new here, and we've been going here twenty years. And it was that very yeah. positive, alive vibe and yeah. atmosphere oh, yeah. that it wasn't just over at church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's be pious. Let's be pious and silent. You know, yes. there's some excitement there, some life. That's, that's encouraging. It's encouraging because you guys at one point were visiting lots of churches, so you, I'm sure you saw some really good things for visitors and you saw some really bad things for visitors. So let's play a little game right now, before, you know, a game about things that churches should never do to visitors. <laughs> Beg for an offering. Declare that if you don't give an offering, you're a sinner and condemned to oh hell forever. Goodness. Is that a true story? Yes. That's very true story. You went to a church where they said that? Not yeah. literally <laughs> oh, forever yeah, yeah. in hell, but if you did not give a tithe, <laughs> exactly 10%, then you're a sinner. It has to be at least 10% or else you are a sinner. 
and sins go to hell. That wow. was an interesting. That was an interesting. What else, man? What are some other things you saw of things not to do? I love that Skimwin doesn't make everybody stand up and spread germs, aka welcome everybody. <laughs> we do occasionally the meet and greet, but the meet and greet. But <clears throat> I like that you don't always have to do it. Yeah, and I really like that. Right. So that's something that. Some churches should not do, but some churches can. <laughs> I would imagine as a visitor that kind of would make someone uncomfortable. I mean, maybe. Exactly. So the question yeah. is, you're standing there getting ready to worship God, and then, how long have you been coming here? Oh, my goodness. Is this the first time here? We're so glad to have you. <laughs> and then after church, you never see them again. That's good to know, man. What a great perspective, you know, because I think we forget what it's like to be in someone's shoes for the first time. And yeah. Exactly. But that's part of the great thing about the first time we came here is yeah. different people after the service noticed us yeah. in the service. Yeah. They came over and said hi. Yeah. And then the next Sunday, some of the same people still said hi to us. Yeah. yeah. Even though there wasn't a get up and shake everybody's hand. They just happened to be, oh, I saw that guy last week. Let me go say <laughs> hi to him. And the biggest thing is that not a single person was pressuring us to join the church. Oh, mm. fill out a card. Fill out a card. No, I don't think anyone talked to us about filling out the card until like the second or third week. Okay, nice. So is that something that, you know, for visitors coming in, I mean, is pressuring someone to fill out a card? Is that a, is that a no-no? Um, it's Well, for some people, I guess if they know the church very first day, it's fine. But usually the first time you're going, you're just trying to get a vibe of the place. You're trying to mm. figure out, hey, do I like this pastor? Do I like yeah. the way they're singing? Yeah. Do I like the way they're running it? And you're trying to get that vibe of it and then usually by the second one they're gonna if they like it they're gonna want to fill out yeah yeah card so it, it was always nice that they didn't like oh we'll fill out a card here let's get your information the Man. people who were coming to talk to us weren't that pushy this yeah. is solid gold information from inside information here from oh, recent a cup of coffee is a really good method whoa you always say, you always say that yeah. somebody will take you to a cup of coffee it does work it does, it does right. work so any other any other uh things churches should avoid well, I'm sure you will never, ever do this because you are not that person at all. But please, for any future ministers out there who are thinking, do not compare the birth of Christ to a teenage pregnancy. Oh, man. You were thinking that? Yeah, you were thinking Man, tell me about this. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, so we were at this uh, sermon right before Christmas or right after Christmas. That was right before and the pastor spent his entire sermon discussing how we can relate to the birth of Jesus. Unfortunately, he presented it as Jesus was born into poverty and into teenage pregnancy. And how we... We can uh, relate to that because exactly. teenage pregnancies are very prevalent in America. Oh. And Jesus was just like you. He was a teenage pregnancy that was unexpected. Oh, oh. And, and Jesus, Jesus' mother Mary and, yeah. and his father were not... Married. Yeah, so you see, it's okay. You can be just like Jesus. And when Jesus was born and have a teenage pregnancy and not be married, and you'll be okay. Man, you guys need to write a book about all the experiences uh, at uh, your churches. So you mentioned the coffee, but is there anything that churches should do that as far as being inviting and welcoming to those that are just coming off the street? Anything that, that you have seen works, something that's, that's positive, that makes people feel comfortable? Again, it's the getting to know people. You don't mm. just sit there and like, oh, let me see who I can get to be the new member of a church. Mm. But just asking, how is your week going? Mm. And just getting in, getting to know the people, I think is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, just going up to people and saying, hi, how are you? I haven't seen yeah. you before. What's your name? Just yeah. that basic human desire of wanting to be known mm -hmm. is very deep and very interesting for mm -hmm. people bouncing around churches. Because if you go to a church... 
Mm-hmm. You obviously are there for a reason, especially if you're there alone mm-hmm. or there with your fiance, wife, girlfriend, etc. Yeah. You're there because you want mm-hmm. to be there. Yeah. And for one or both of them, they have a need to be known. Mm-hmm. And they're there mm-hmm. to deepen their faith in God. Yeah. And if they're known, hey, Mike comes up to me and says, hey, I'm Mike. What's your name? I'm Daniel. Good to meet you, Mike. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, I'm an elder here. Yeah. Oh, well, that's great. Well, Ooh. good to see you here. Well, I'll see you next week. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, well, hope <laughs> yeah. I see you next week. Yeah. And then he sees the next week. Good to see you again. Oh, How yeah. was your week? Well, my week was good. Had had a stressful week at work. But Sierra <laughs> had the whole week off. Oh, so now Sierra's your fiance, right? Yeah, yeah. We're getting married in a couple months. Now, how long y'all been going out? And just that... Desire to be known Man, they as saw more you. than just the You're new seen. person. As a person. Is, exactly. You see them as a person, not yeah. a number. Wow. So or as a potential, yeah. Exactly. As a potential, yeah. as a new num- new member, a number. But see you as Daniel. Exactly. And Sierra. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, n- neither of you guys grew up in the churches of Christ. None of you guys went to churches. But, you know, you came into a church with the Church of Christ on a, on the sign. I mean, did that at all? Was that all a hesitation to come in? Was there some nervousness in there? So if you can't see, but Daniel's looking at me very funny. Um, because I traveled every different church, I really, and I still don't see a lot of differences between the mm-hmm. different sects of Christianity. Like, mm-hmm. I still cannot tell you what is the difference between a Baptist, a Lutheran, a Protestant. No yeah. idea. And so it was actually during the Mangos class, I think we were on, um, I think we were doing the Spectrum, where you asked how you feel about... Oh, being a church, church of Christ. Christ, and I honestly was like, I have I no one. Is there a bad thing about the church of Christ? <laughs> and I never, so you had no clue. Yeah, I, had I didn't. No yeah, clue. No clue. until I, we were at Costco <laughs> this Sunday, and um, this lady saw us in our church clothes, yeah. and they're like, "Oh my goodness, you just came back from church?" And I was like, "Yes, we did." And then she's like, "What church do you go to?" I'm like, "Well, actually, we go to Skillman Church of Christ." And she's like, "Oh, I go to a Baptist church." And this other Baptist church came in, and they just like started talking and completely cut us out. And I was like, "Ooh, man!" So I, like, I can see it now. But I still don't understand the differences between yeah, all you're better for it. Like you're you're better for not knowing. You're better for not knowing. Yeah. It's like you're a Christian. You believe in yeah. Jesus. Kumbaya. Yeah. We're all the same thing. But Daniel, you had a little familiarity with Churches of Christ, didn't you? I mean, a little was an understatement. Yeah. I had been around them enough to know that you you get what whatever that Church of Christ has. Yeah. And you got to be open to it. And you yeah. Accept it and yeah. Every Church of Christ is a little bit different, and yeah. you just never know what you're going to get. And there was a little apprehension, because I've yeah. been to a lot of churches, and yeah. you know, sometimes Churches of Christ have a little bit of a background, and some yeah. have a little bit of an interesting... Did you ever have a negative worship. experience before this? I don't consider any experience I've had in church mm. to be negative. Yeah, yeah. Maybe terrifying or over mm-hmm. the top, sure. Yeah. But even those experiences can be positive. Yeah. As you're older and reflect, maybe in the moment they're scary of you're standing in a a fairground, basically, yeah, and everybody's yeah. whooping and hollering and praising Jesus, and you're like, what is going on here as a five-year-old? But yeah. as an older person now, you mm. look back and you go, they were really experiencing Christ. Yeah, and yeah. So from that point of view, I'm like, oh, there, there weren't any bad experiences. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. a little scary at the time, but yeah. Never bad. Where I was like, "Oh goodness, I'm never going back to Church of Christ." Man, so why did you guys walk into the Skillman Church of Christ? Like, what? How did you guys walk into this church? We went um, to every church on Abrams. And oh, the street over the <laughs> you were going to all the ones. Yeah, we this was the first church on okay. Skillman that I right. left, and we're like, "Okay, well, we're going here this one." Yeah, 
rest yeah. is history. So, Daniel, I mean, you going to the Mennonite church, you had some familiarity with acapella singing. Yes. But Sierra, this is your first time. Like when you when you came in and like they started singing with no instruments, were you like, what's going on here? Like, what did oh, you think? I love it. Um, I'm <clears throat> classically trained. I spent eight years in cello, spent three years in choir. I love. Wait a music. second. You're a professional singer. All right. Hey, not, not, you better, no, you better no, not say it. You better no, not say it too loud. You're no. getting recruited. You're gonna be on stage in a couple of weeks, ah. man. Hey, it's public knowledge. Oh, she can goodness. sing. Hey, do you do alto, soprano? Soprano. Oh, my stars. We need a soprano. All right. Well, nope. note, to, note to self. They're listening right now. Oh, my goodness. Um, so I love music. Yeah. I like grew up listening to all different types. God actually has spoken to me multiple times through music. Yeah. And so that's whenever I get stressed, I put on some music so he can talk to me. And so I love the acapella. I think it's the beautiful way, just natural voice and talent without mm. instruments. I mean, I love instrument music too. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. Wonderful, but it was great just to hear all the practice and the effort that was put into it. Like, it's a real talent. Wow. And I love everyone that goes up on stage because I just sit there in awe. That's of cool. How fantastic they are and how just praiseworthy it sounds coming yeah. out. Yeah, it's beautiful. It was one of the selling points. Yeah, are you serious? Man, that's really good. That's good to know. And Daniel, I mean, uh, did, for you to bring back some nostalgia, some nostalgia uh, as far as your Mennonite background, <laughs> we going to the Mennonite church for a couple of years. Yeah, I, I'm still waiting for Swing Low Sweet Chariot to come on. Oh man, people dancing and clapping. All right, and you know, I think you know, we, we got some song leaders in the mingo class, like you know, Ryan Rebecca Cole. Hey, if you're listening, Ryan Rebecca, Swing Low, no, no, no. Swing Low, and then the next one. I get so weak in the... No, that, 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 that would be... That would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that one, but... So let me ask you this from, uh, from a perspective from those who are uh, just coming in. Um, on a scale from 1 to 10, how important would it be uh, for you to maintain that acapella? Uh, or if, if there was kind of also instrumental music in there, would that be... Do you think it would be a loss to, to remove the acapella and put kind of both in? Or do you think it would, be, it would add to it? I don't think it'd be a loss to take out acapella as long as we didn't take it out entirely. Mm. Like I've seen some churches where they just bring in the instrumentals occasionally Mm -hmm. or when it's like a special solo song and they would bring it in instrumentally. And I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any Mm -hmm. down point to bring in an instrument. I still love the acapella. Yeah. Yeah. Your vote is to not, your vote would be never to fully, never fully take away. If y'all want to do instruments with the singing, all support of that. It's yeah. a way to praise God, and God doesn't care what you do. I mean, Daniel danced yeah. in the streets naked. Hallelujah, singing praise. Did you say Daniel or David? I was like, man, we need to hear the story. Daniel, no, not you, honey. So when did when did Daniel? This is that night you went dancing. <laughs> were you naked? Is that why she called you? <laughs> man, you had your, you had your cowboy hat on and your boots, and that was it. <laughs> this is this is a certain kind of dance. Like, was this a was this a bachelorette party that you went to? No. <laughs> <laughs> All I loved was Daniel dancing around naked. Here I am trying to be quoting scripture. <laughs> <laughs> David, David dancing naked in the streets to music. As long as you're praising God, he doesn't really care what you're doing. Yeah, it's yeah. him. It's glorifying him. Cool. <laughs> um, what do you think, Daniel? Theologically, I don't have a problem with instruments in church. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, etc. Harps and all that. But um, it has to be done carefully, especially from a church coming from an acapella background. I went through the change, and I've been through churches where the, where it was acapella, but then you brought in one instrument, or you suddenly brought in five instruments. Mm-hmm. And if the instrumentalists have to be good enough to play on their own, if if an instrumentalist can't play, 
mm. on their own by themselves and that be the music, then they shouldn't be up there mm. because mm. then mm-hmm. they're masking their inabilities or their lack of talent or their lack of abilities or their just lack of experience with the vocals mm. or the vocalists mm. are masking their lack of experience, lack of talent, etc., with the instrument. Yeah. And I've seen it yeah. both ways. Um, mm. And obviously there's nothing wrong with somebody who can sing a praise mm. yeah. or a praise song rather. But if you can't sing the song without the instrument, mm-hmm. then you can't really sing. Mm. You're just playing the instrument. You're, you're playing the song. Yeah, you're not singing yeah. the song and playing the instrument. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're doing them together. And I like you, that. you've got to be able to separate them so that you can, actually have the whole congregation participate. Makes sense, man. Yeah. So I don't want to go yeah. to a concert with some 30-year-old guy who can sing. I can I can pay 20 bucks and go to that. Yeah, yeah. I come to church to worship God, yeah. not to hear somebody else You view it, it, it needs to be um, not like a consumer base, but exactly. it needs to be uh, something where the whole body can participate. Exactly. I mean, what, what, it is beautiful symbolism, the fact that uh, you know all these voices together create this beautiful sound. You know? Exactly. And, uh, we can add an instrument yeah. to that or instruments yeah. to that, and yeah. that creates an even more beautiful yeah. sound. Yeah. But one is not greater than the other. Yeah. But one yeah. can take away from the other. Yeah. What about this issue? Because, <clears throat> you know, not every day we can talk to people who you know, have come in and try to stop. You know, what about uh, how important is it for you two to, as far as leadership, to for that to be available to be leaders, both male and female? <clears throat> I mean, would, would that make it or break it for you guys as, as visitors of a church to see that? Or is that at this time not as big of a, uh, an issue? I <clears throat> I like the way Skillman does it. Mm-hmm. I think we both agree on this, that we like the shepherding couples. Mm-hmm. Um, because the simple fact, yeah, you could go, you could get a theology of it has to be man or woman, or it can be man or, or, or woman, it doesn't matter. But it's really good to see people who have been married for a long time leading the church because mm, mm. oftentimes you see couples who've been married for 60 years but they haven't been in church mm. you, you don't see them ever they're not active mm. they've just been going to church yeah oh yeah and so we like to see those those shepherding couples mm. or those elder couples um and we had this conversation a while ago there can be women elders because mm-hmm. obviously like a, a woman who has a really serious issue doesn't want to go to a man and tell a man all of her issues mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but at the same time mm-hmm. Where do we find the balance of a woman leader versus mm-hmm. a woman serving? Mm. Are they the same mm. or are they mildly different? Good question. Yeah. So, Well, because what we've seen in Skillman and what we really appreciate is that, yes, while the man has the title of he is the elder, you do not see that wife just sitting there twiddling her thumbs acting as the perfect bonbon wife. <laughs> yeah. I don't do anything. I just get my bonbons. Mm. She is there so supporting him. Yeah lifting him up and helping him be his best in his job. Wow. And it really is a partnership. So mm. we've never really seen an issue with Man, you guys and you guys elders. have noticed that in your time at school you've noticed that partnership with the as a like shepherding the wife couples. is always there right next to her husband elder, always mm. supporting him and as and is playing just as big of a role as he is. Wow. It's yeah. just he has the title of it and yeah. she's doing her job. But she in some cases is more well known. Mm. Than that, and so we've never really seen it as a no. Skillman has to change it so that women can be elders because we're seeing women mm. be elders. They just don't have the title. Yeah, but they're actively involved. They have an active influence in their husbands and an active role as leaders in this church. 
Well, it's the old saying, the person who really runs the church is the pastor's wife. <laughs> so who really runs the church? Oh, man, that's true, the, man. The elder's <laughs> wife. Well, Max, I have to tell the story. One time I was a, a youth minister, and uh, the facilities deacon, um, I'd go to the, the meetings all the time with the elders, and at that, that church was all men. And uh, so these meetings were going down, and this facilities guy was saying, hey, we need new tables because these tables are about to break down. They're old. They're dangerous. They're heavy. And so month after month, he would make this proposal, and he would just get shut down. He made the proposal, shut down, and he kept the urgency just kept increasing, but he was uh, talking to deaf ears. And, uh, and so months went by. And nothing had happened. And he went out of town for a couple of weeks on vacation. And just so happened that at that very um, time he was away, there was like a baby shower or something, some kind of shower. And the, the hostesses were the elders' wives. Mm-hmm. And so they, uh, with him being gone, they had to get these tables out and set them up by themselves. I kid you not that the shower happened on a Sunday afternoon. We had new tables on Monday. Yeah. I mean, and then I thought to myself, man, who has the power here? <laughs> like, who is, who, if we're really calling it out, man, who has these powers? So it is, it is interesting, uh, that dynamic. And it is, I'm, I'm really happy to see that as people have been coming and observing that that's something that you've noticed is kind of that partnership there. And, uh, you know, in your spiritual journey right now, I mean, has, has, uh, Skillman, have, have we been able to, as a church, kind of answer that, some of that searching is, and you know, really, the, the question I really want to know is, I mean, what are you guys wrestling with right now in your spirituality? What's, what's a question that you're kind of wanting to know as, as you were on your spiritual journey, uh, on your path? What about God? What about theology? What issue is kind of something that you're interested in and in learning more about pursuing? Well, real quick, I always, with my faith, I've loved being a Christian, I hate the religion Christianity. Mm, mm-hmm. What turned me away from God a lot was the fact that I was being made fun of for being a Jesus freak because mm. I was trying to actively search him as a kid. And I could, I knew every story in the Bible. I knew every name. And my fellow Christians would make fun of me for being a Jesus freak. Mm. And so as I've so grown what? up, figured out who I am and I'm searching yeah. for God, I'm trying to figure out a lot who exactly is he because it's not mm. just this one definite character where he's a serious, all-powerful, all-fearing God, because if every human is made in his image, then each human is so vastly different. Mm -hmm. How many different sides of God are there? And how many do we see and how many do we not see? Mm. And a lot with this church, the new perspectives are really helping me kind of figure out Mm. who exactly God is, Mm. that we can see his essence of every single person. Even the people that you may not get along with, those people are like, ugh, that person. Yeah, yeah. They're a version of God. And so what about God is being reflected in each and every one of us? Wow. It's yeah. something I've been kind of searching for. And with these talks of complementarianism or egal, I can never pronounce that word. Yeah, egalitarianism. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> not pronounce that word. It's a hard word. It's, it's a hard word. Immigrants versus non-immigrants. Yeah. Um, older generations, younger generations. There's all there's a side of God to each individual one. Mm. So I'm just, I'm in that active yeah. search of God and trying to figure out who is he in each other person. Man, what a compelling journey. That's fantastic. I love it. And, yeah. and Daniel, what about you, man? Is there anything uh, that comes to mind? Mm. Well, I, I don't really make it a secret that I distaste my job. But <laughs> I've come to the conclusion that God has a greater purpose for me than to give me my dream job. Mm-hmm. And part of that purpose that I'm still struggling with, but coming to the conclusion of, is that God has me where he has me 
not for experience, not for money, but so that I can be a witness to those around me still, especially mm-hmm. those who maybe they are Christian, but they're not practicing Christian, or maybe they're Catholic, but definitely not practicing, or maybe they've been religious, but for mm-hmm. some reason or another, they're no longer Christian. Mm-hmm. and would mm-hmm. not even consider themselves religious in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And due to comments directed towards me of, well, Daniel, you're a Christian, blah, 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 blah. You shouldn't drink. <laughs> Jesus drank wine. Yeah, Why can't I have a glass of wine with that over the steak I made? <laughs> oh, well, you cook steak? Yeah. And I'm a Christian, by the way. <laughs> you can be a Christian. And eat steak. And eat steak and drink wine. There's nothing wrong with that. And yeah. being in this position, I feel like God is trying to open some doors of getting him in those mm. hearts that might have been closed off. And that's mm. it's hard for me to accept yeah. because I have my wants of I want to pursue my career in the field I want to yeah. be in, yeah. not in this other field where yeah. it, it's the field it's of, of pursuing hearts. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a pastor. It's not my calling. I don't feel like that's my calling to pursue people's hearts and their mm. souls. <laughs> but in this position I'm in, I feel like that's where God wants me. But yeah. it's hard for me to accept. And yeah, yeah. So I'm really struggling with the accepting, okay, well, you need to witness, even though you don't want to witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a position I've really been in before. Well, fascinating, man. Yeah. And, you know, the great thing, too, is that, uh, you know, you had the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, um, Mark, and, and uh, Luke. Uh, but then you have uh, the Gospel of John, and they kind of different, the Synoptic Gospels, the very end, you have the Great Commission, right? Go into all the earth, you know, do that. But John kind of has a different spin on it. Uh, he didn't have that, like, that go, like the other Gospels have. You know, his solution to being witness is that famous verse that says, you know, and they will know you by your love, mm-hmm. which is kind of a cool, a cool thing as far as our calling, just to, to be love. Uh, especially when you read what love is, is that, you know, patience and kindness and goodness and keeping no record of wrongs. And, and these are things that I, I would imagine bring life and, and light into work areas. And, uh, I mean, I can't wait to see what God does, uh, with this journey. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, you call him bear. Oh yeah, sorry. I don't think I've ever called by his name. Let name it be known: the bow tie guy. The bow tie guy can also his, is also his nickname is Bear. Well, how does that? How did you get that nickname, <laughs> Bear? Uh, it was uh, when I texted him that morning. Was uh, it was nice dancing with you, even if you are just a Baylor Bear? Oh. And then he clapped back and he was like, "Well." Just as weird as a TCU froggy, and so he tried to pin froggy. On him. Never worked. Never worked. But since that day, I've always called him Bear. It's actually confused my family because they'll be like, "Bear, Daniel, wait, which one?" What I'm saying. All right, it's a, it's a term of endearment. It's, it's a love, a love term. But you don't call her froggy anymore. And it never stuck. Only when he's trying to. Oh, <laughs> only when I'm being annoying. <laughs> well, uh, my friends, uh, this has been a treat. I'm, I'm hoping we can do this again, maybe after your man and wife, husband and wife, uh, and uh, we can talk. Uh, and which last name are you guys going to take? Because I know we were talking about that earlier. <laughs> that was a joke, Charles. I, I, I know, I know. But we'll have uh, we'll be able to talk and, and hear uh, stories. But June 6th is the wedding date. Please keep them in your prayers. But once again, this has been an interview with Skillman's favorite engaged couple, Sierra and Bear. <laughs>